0: Thomas Brooks gives 20 reasons for the necessity of private prayer. He then says, this may serve to exhort us to keep close to our closets or our prayer rooms, to be frequent and constant in private prayer, to be often with God in a corner. But many will be ready to object and say, we have much business upon our hands, and we cannot spare time for private prayer. We have so much to do in our shops, in our warehouses, and abroad with others that we cannot spare time to wait upon the Lord in our closets. Now to this objection, I shall give these answers so that this objection may never have a resurrection more in any of your hearts. First, what are all those businesses that are upon your hands? To those businesses and weighty affairs that did lie upon the hands of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, Daniel, Elias, Nehemiah, Peter, Cornelius. And yet you find all these worthies exercising themselves in private prayers. And the king is commanded every day to read some part of God's word, notwithstanding all his great and weighty employments. Now, certainly, sirs, your great businesses are little more than ciphers, things of no importance compared with theirs. And if there were any on earth that might have pleaded an exemption from private prayer upon the account of business, of much business, of great business, these might have done it. But they were more honest and more noble than to neglect so choice a duty. Upon the account of much business. These brave hearts made all their public employments stoop to private prayer. They would never suffer their public employments to tread private prayer underfoot. But, secondly, I answer no men's outward affairs did ever more prosper than theirs did, who devoted themselves to private prayer, notwithstanding their many and great. Worldly employments. Witness the prosperity and outward flourishing estates of Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Nehemiah, David, Daniel, and Cornelius. These were much with God in their closets. How did their cups overflow? What signal favors did God heap upon them and theirs? No families have been so prospered, protected and graced as theirs who have maintained secret communion with God in a corner. Private prayer doth best expedite our temporal affairs. He that prays well in his closet shall be sure to speed well in his shop, or at his plow, or whatever else he turns his hand unto. O sirs, as ever you would prosper and flourish in the world, as ever you would have your water turned into wine, your temporal mercies into spiritual benefits, be much with God in your closets. But thirdly, I answer, it is ten to one, but that the objector every day fools away or trifles away or idols away or sins away one hour in a day. And why then should he object the lack of time? There are none that toil and moil and busy themselves most in their worldly employments, but do spend an hour or more in a day to little or no purpose, either in gazing about, or in dallying, or toying, or courting, or in telling stories, or in busying themselves in other men's matters, or in idle visits or in smoking the pipe etc. and why then should not these men redeem an hour's time in a day for private prayer out of that time which they usually spend so vainly and idly can you notwithstanding all your great worldly employments find an hour in the day to wait on god in your closets it is a base sordid spirit in any to spend any of their time in toying and trifling and then to cry out that they have so much business to do in the world that they have no time for closet prayer. They have no time to serve God nor to save their own precious and immortal souls. But fourthly, I answer, no man dares plead this objection before the Lord Jesus in the great day of account. And why then should any man be so childish and foolish, so ignorant and impudent to plead that before men, which is most and not pleadable before the judgment seat of Christ? O oh, sirs, as you love your souls and as you would be happy forever, never put off your own consciences Nor others with any pleas, arguments, or objections now that you dare not own and stand by when you shall be upon a lying or a dying bed, and when you shall appear before the whole court of heaven, etc. In the great day of account, when the secrets of all hearts shall be made manifest, and God shall call men. To a reckoning before angels, men, and devils for the neglect of private prayer, all guilty persons will be found speechless. There will not be a man or woman found that shall dare to stand up and say, Lord, I would have waited upon thee in my closet, but that I had so much business to do in the world that I had no time to enjoy secret communion with thee in a corner. It is the greatest wisdom in the world to plead nothing by way of excuse in our day that we dare not plead in the great day but lastly I answer that God did never appoint or design any man's ordinary particular calling to thrust private prayer out of door that it is a great sin for any professor to neglect his particular calling under any religious pretense, but for a man to evade or neglect private prayer under pretense of his particular calling is agreeable to no scripture. It is contrary to very many scriptures. Certainly no man's calling is a calling away from God or godliness. It never entered the heart of God that our particular callings should ever drive out of doors our general calling of Christianity. Look, as our general calling must not eat up our particular calling, so our particular calling must not eat up our general calling. Certainly, our particular calling must give place to our general calling. Certainly, the works of our general calling are far more glorious and greater More eminent and excellent, more high and noble than the works of our particular callings are. And therefore, it is much more tolerable for our general calling, and again, that is our call to Christ, our walk with Christ, are far more glorious and greater than our particular callings are. Therefore, it is much more tolerable for our general calling to borrow time of our particular calling than it is for our particular calling to borrow time of our general calling. In other words, you have no excuse for your work to eat up your time of prayer with God. Certainly, those men are very ignorant or very profane that think their particular callings to be a gulf or a grave designed by God to swallow up private prayer in. God, who is the Lord of time, hath reserved some part of our time to himself every day. Certainly, that man's soul is in a very ill case, who is so entangled with the encumbrances of the world that he can spare no time for private prayer. If thou be the Lord of thy mercies, if if God be the Lord of our mercies, the Lord of thy time, the Lord of thy soul, How canst thou with any equity or honor put off his service under pretense of much business? The best Christian is he that is the greatest monopolizer of time for private prayer.